Okay, John chapter 20. This may be the first time that the, the, the pastor, the preacher has had the exact same, well, not the exact same text, but real close to the same text that, 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 that I've had or, or that we've had. It, it's, it's always amazing when you see when we're looking at Daniel and Corey's preaching out of the New Testament, just the, the unity of Scripture as a whole and the truths that, that one passage brings out, the, the other passage brings out the, the same truths. But this week we're going to um, we're going to look at some of the same verses. Um, I decided to add a few. To, to what Corey was doing. So we're going to start in verse 1 and, and see what happens this, this first Resurrection Sunday as the disciples, the followers of Jesus, his friends, his family had been, had been mourning. They had lost hope for three days or since Friday just before sun, sundown, just before the Sabbath officially started. And now on the first day of the week, we're going to see what, what happens with them. So John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. <clears throat> it's It's... I don't have a good adjective other than fun, amazing, challenging to look at all four gospel accounts and, 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 and not necessarily try to mesh them, but just get the perspective of each of the writers under the, 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 the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Each, each writer focused on his, his purpose that God had laid on his his heart for his audience. You know, Matthew writing to, to, to a Jewish audience and Luke writing uh, to, to Gentiles. Um, John writing later than them. They all have bits and pieces that, that on a, a quick glance may appear to be different, but, but there really is this harmony there. This, this everything is connected. And, and John is, is, is recording that that Mary goes to the tomb. 
You'll find the, the other passages in, in Matthew 27, Mark 15, and, and Luke 23. If you haven't read it this weekend and you have time this afternoon, ju just sit, sit down and just read through the, the resurrection passages. When you, when you put them all together, looking back at, at, at Luke chapter 23, we, we see that the women were there at the cross when Jesus died that they followed Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and they saw where they had laid Jesus and how the body how, said and how the body was was laid or lain and i wonder this may be cynical or um, or, or maybe uh, man bashing, but did those ladies, those women who saw how Nicodemus and, and Joseph had prepared the body think, that is not right. They, they don't know what they're doing. We have got to go back and undo, you know, the fallop that they had made. Go, go back and, 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 and totally anoint Jesus' body as it should be. Remember, they just ran out of time. Because as our day started at 12 midnight, their day started at 6 p.m. And, and, and the next day, that was the Sabbath, the beginning of the Sabbath. So they, they didn't have much time to, to properly anoint uh, Jesus' body. And then in Luke chapter 24, we see that, that they go back with more spices. You know, they go back to, to an, an anoint Jesus. John is focusing on Mary, but you'll notice when, when they go and tell uh, Peter and the, and the other disciple in, in verse 2, it says, we do not go. So John's saying Mary Magdalene was there when she goes and reports to them that Jesus' body is gone, said, we don't know. There were obviously more women than just Mary, but John is, is focusing on, on Mary. So it says they go, they come to the tomb early. So just think about when you've been out early and, and can't quite see everything. You know, how many guys, and don't raise your hand, but, you know, think about deer hunting and how many bushes or trees or mesquite branches have looked like this you know, Boone and Crockett record rack on a deer. And then as daylight comes, it's like, oh, that's just a mesquite tree. No wonder it's got so many points on it, you know, that you can't see all that well at when, it, when it's early morning. They come to the tomb and they saw that the stone had been taken away. Mark's gospel says they asked each other as they're going, who's going to roll away the stone? And that's a, a practical thing, a practical question. We're going, we saw them lay Jesus' body in this tomb. We saw this huge stone that they, that they rolled in front of it. And, and they're, they're just thinking practically, who's going to roll this away? But, but when they get there, lo and behold, the, the stone's already moved away. And so for just this nanosecond, you know, this brief moment, did they think, oh, good, you know, we're, we're, we're going, we're going to anoint his body. Maybe Joseph and, and, and Nicodemus, some, some other disciples have come and they've already rolled the stone back. We don't need to, to, to worry about that. Matthew says, what? An angel had descended from heaven. An angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and rolled back the stone. Why? Why? 
And this is one of those old questions that, that you've, maybe you've heard it all your life and you know the answer. But, but I think it's good to remember the answer. You know, our, our children down there may be hearing the same question. Why was the stone rolled away? So they could go in, so we could go in and see. It wasn't, death had no power. If death has no power over Jesus, then does that stone? No, it's to let us see the tomb is empty. So they, their, their hope, you know, their, their hope of following Jesus for, for three years and then seeing it just totally shattered on, on Calvary that Friday. And now they're, they're going and they're, they're grieving and they're mourning. Well, it's like at least we don't have to roll back the stone. It's, it's rolled back. And what happens? She, she goes in and, and, it's, and it's empty. So what does Mary do? She runs back to tell Simon Peter and the other disciple. It's, it's always, maybe it's my imagination but when you read about people running in the Bible, it just, you think about how their clothes, you know, and, and just, they basically all wore dresses. I mean, cloaks and tunics. And, and is it, I have never tried this, or if I have, I would not admit it. Have you ever tried running in a dress? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it can't be easy. Especially a long one. Yeah, and these weren't miniskirts either. I mean, they, were, they went all the way to, to their feet. And so Mary runs back. But notice how many times the, the word, and I didn't count them. It may only be two, but that's enough for a pattern. That Notice how many times they run. When you're running, what does that connote? You're in a hurry. You're in a rush. There is something urgent going on and you've, you've got to get there. So just notice the urgency in, in, in Mary, in Peter and John, in, 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 in this word that they get, the urgency to, to, to go and tell. Okay, where are we? Verse, verse three. So Mary goes back and she tells Peter and John, they've taken away the, the Lord we don't know where they've laid him. So Peter and John go. I mean, I don't think it's that they don't believe them at this point, but it's like, okay, we got we to look into this. We've got to find out what's going on. So Peter and John, they both go, and this is, this is just funny no matter how you look at it. They're running, and I don't know if John's just, you know, kind of getting a dig in at Peter. It, it, you know, he says, they both ran toward the garden and John ran on ahead. John, I mean, that's from the Don Francisco song in the, he's alive in the, in the seventies. And, and, and it's, it's one of my favorite songs. Um, and, and John runs ahead of Peter. And you think of John being, some scholars say he, he may have been a, a teenager, a late teenager or early twenties. Of course, he's going to outrun Peter. But, but John, so John just points it out. I just happened to outrun him. I get there. What does John do? He says that, that he stooped in and looked. Remember, it's still um, early dawn. 
you know, the, the light's not all that great, but he, he looks in and he sees the, the, the linen cloths. Is it cloths or clothes? Clothes has an E-S, right? Cloths. He, he sees the, 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 the cloths they had wrapped Jesus in lying there, but John doesn't go in. And then Peter, just full form, full character, busts right in. Nothing stops Peter. He, he just, he, maybe he couldn't stop running, you know, and he, and he had to go in. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But he goes in and he sees the, the, the clothesline there and the, and the face cloth and they're folded up. Chuck Swindoll points out that, that John uses three distinct words to describe how they saw Okay, so think about this. Do we have words that describe how we saw something? You know, we say, well, I saw it. You know, I glanced at it. I noticed it. I contemplated it. Um, I, I scratched my head over it. And, and Swindoll points out that, that John uses three distinct words. The first one in verse 5 with John is blepo. He says that he noticed something without thinking about it. It's sort of a casual observation. And then Dr. Swindoll says a, a, a good example of that is when we see a red light. You know, if you drive around, maybe outside of Grandview, because we only have one, but someday maybe, well, hopefully we won't have that many. I don't know, is it good or bad? <coughs> Never mind. But, but, you know, if you're driving around and all our lives we've seen these red lights, we see it, okay, I, I just stopped. I know what it means. We, we, don't, um, we don't think about it much. It's just a kind of a casual observation. So John gets up, gets there, looks in and just kind of, oh, well, he is gone. And, and there's the, 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 the clothes that he, was, that he was laid in. And then in, in verse 2, it says that Peter saw the linen cloths and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in his place. Chuck Swindoll says that that word is theorio. Okay, say that four times real. And it's not oreo, theorio. And, it, and it, it comes, what word in English would we get from that? Theory. So, so what Peter is doing is, is that he's studying it. You know, John just looked in and saw it and was like, well, yeah, they're right. Peter, Peter gets there and he, and he starts thinking about it, theorizing about it, trying to comprehend what it means, but not quite getting it. It's like, what's going on? What would Peter, what would you think if you got there, the stones rolled away, Jesus' body is gone, the clothes are there? Be like, well, okay. Mary thinks somebody's moved him. Somebody has stolen the body. And is Peter, is he going through all these calculations of if they moved the body, why did they undress it? You know, that's kind of like, you know, if you're stealing a body, if you're stealing anything, you want to do it quick and get, get, get away, Right? Okay, don't nod your head because I don't want to know how good of a thief you are. But just, you know, it's, it's true that thieves want to come in and get it and go. 
You know, not just dilly-dally around. Sit down, okay, I'm going to do a crossword puzzle while I'm sitting here, you know, loading up all these, these DVD players. No, he's, so Peter, I think he, his brain is moving all these computations in there. It's like, why, why are the clothes here? You know, the stones are all the way. The body's not here. The, the, and then John... In verse 8, says that the disciple who reached there first came in. He, he goes in. Peter's been in there, you know, pondering this, trying to comprehend everything. And it says that John saw and believed. The, the third word that, that, that John uses is idon. And it means that, that he had an understanding. He perceived what it was. He says he believed. Did Jesus say to them, because I know and I don't know, he said, after that was his coming, that he would be back? Yes. I, I think he made it clear to them, but they didn't, they rarely, if ever, got it. You know, that he, that he said, they said, what do you think about the temple? Isn't it great? And he said, I tell you that destroy this temple in three days, I will, I will rebuild it. And, and, and other times that he taught them that he would be raised from the dead. And most of the time the, 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 the gospel writers say, but they didn't understand that he was talking about his death and resurrection. But, but John seems to get it, or at least partially. And I like, I like Chuck Swindoll is good because he, 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 it's speculation, but it's an educated speculation. He says he can just picture John and Peter, they're there and they're looking. And Peter's like, okay, I got to get my brain around this. I just, I'm not understanding. All of a sudden, John sees and he believes and it clicks. And he, he said, you could almost see Peter, I mean, John, look over to, to, to Peter and say, he's alive. You know, did, did John understand it that much? I mean, it, it kind of gives you the idea that he, that he did. And then he says, they didn't yet understand the scripture that he must rise again. What scripture? I mean, we can, you, can, you can look in, in Isaiah and other Old Testament passages about the, the, the Messiah suffering and, and dying and, and there were no bones broken. But, but Psalm... 1610 uh, may, be, may be one of the, the best Old Testament uh, prophecies about the resurrection. And these are good Jewish men. They, they know the scripture. It, it's, it's a vital part of their life. And it's like they didn't understand these, these scriptures about the resurrection. They probably didn't understand the scriptures about the crucifixion, about Jesus' sacrifice. But, it, but in, in, in Psalm 16, really starting in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. They didn't quite get that on the first resurrection Sunday. You know, 50 days later at Pentecost, 
when the Holy Spirit comes and indwells them, they have a, a cl much clearer understanding that all of this was God's plan from the beginning. Isaiah 53:10 and Hosea 6:2 also kind of kind of are, are passages that um, that that support that idea of what they didn't understand. But but Matthew 12:38, Jesus teaching um, the the disciples that. the sign of Jonah. Then some scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, Teacher, we see, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to, the, to them except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth." That, that Jesus had told them that he would be raised from the dead, but, but they didn't get it. John here has, has gotten this glimpse, and he, and he believes. He's alive. But then notice what, what they did. It says they went back to their homes. So think about the urgency of them running to see and then think about their reactions. Peter and John go back to their homes, go, go back to where they had been, had been staying. Okay, verse 11. Now contrast, and this is what Corey uh, preached on this morning, but, but now we'll see what Mary does. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have yet ascend to ascend to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father, to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to, to her. It, it, it's after, but it does seem like before. But, but, you know, they looked in the tomb and the angels weren't there. I think we got it backwards. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think that he didn't. But if he had got it backwards, she couldn't go tell us because they would have already been there. Well, they were well that's what I mean. Here they already know it, and here that she went to Yeah, but they don't know him. he's alive. They don't know he's still a person. But but I like that observation question because 
I think it points out the different reactions to Jesus rising from the dead. Peter and John, I, I wrote down one of my questions for, and it, this is kind of mainly just for me just to ponder, but I, I'll, I'll let you in on it. What if Peter and John had stayed? Look what they missed by, by just going back. I mean, they, they, Mary went with other women to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away. They found that the tomb was empty, but the grave clothes are still there. She goes and tells Peter and John, they've, they've taken away the Lord. John and Peter and John run to the, to the tomb and, and they look in, they, they go in and they say, yeah, they, he's gone. And then they go back. They, they go back to their homes or where they're staying. Mary stays and, and waits. There's got to be an application to that. What, what's, what's the application? What, is there something to be said about, sometimes we need to pause and wait on the Lord. We need to pause and wait on His timing. She's there and she's incredibly blessed because as she, you know, they leave, she goes and looks back in again, you know, maybe, maybe shakes her head to get the cobwebs out. It's still barely, barely daylight. And she's, she's peering in to this semi-dark cave and she sees two angels sitting there. You know, and, and it's got to be like, huh? There wasn't anybody there. 20 seconds ago, and now there's two, two angels sitting there. And then she, you know, she, I'm thinking she kind of backs up and, and looks around. She, she glances and sees somebody behind her, and she thinks it's, it's the gardener. And she says, tell me, tell me where you've laid him, and, and, and I'll go get him, and, and, and I'll put him back here. I don't, think, I don't think Mary was looking at Jesus when she said that because notice when he calls her Mary, what does it say? She turned, you know, that, that she saw the angels. She's backing up. She sees this figure over here. She's like, tell me where you've lain him. And she turns and she's talking, you know, away from him because she's still looking in the empty tomb. Tell me where you've lain him and I'll go get him and I'll bring him back. Or I'll put him in a, in, a, in a better place. And he says, Mary. And all of a sudden, she knows his voice. You know, Jesus, just before, so this is in the spring, in, in, in late December, the, the previous late December, at the, at the time of the Feast of Dedication, that, that Hanukkah celebration, that, that he had been in Jerusalem and he, and he told the disciples, he, he's, he's giving, he's teaching and he, and he tells them the one who, the thief and the robber, they sneak in to the sheepfold, you know, through a, through a window or a back way. But the shepherd goes to the front door and the gatekeeper lets him in and he calls his sheep by their name and his sheep know his voice. Jesus calls each and every one of us by our name. 
I mean, that if you just it, let it sink in a minute and it and it and it sometimes kind of gives you chills that here's the creator of the whole universe and he knows my name. And he says, My sheep know my voice. And Mary hears him call her name, and she knows immediately who it is. And she turns around and she says, Rabboni, teacher. You know, it's what all does she mean by that? You know, she, she, she probably could have said, you know, my Lord and my God, you know, that, that she recognizes him. She knows his voice and, he, and, he, and she, she, she tries to cling to him, but he says, don't cling to me. What it, you ever heard a good explanation for what that means? Okay, well, you'll probably leave here today and still not have heard a good explanation for what that means. But I don't think it's anything to do with her, her soiling him or, or, you know, because he's perfect and he has that resurrection body. But I think it's that he has things to do. Let me go on with my work. You know, he knows he's got 40 days before the ascension. He's got to, 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 to give the, his followers his, his last words, but also that real don't cling to me, my body, this personal, uh, this, this personal presence, because I'm going to, I'm going to ascend to the father and you're going to have to, you're going to have to get used to serving me without seeing me with you every day, but knowing that I am alive, you know, and, and that's how we are. We don't, we don't see the physical Jesus, but we know that he has been raised from the dead and that he has ascended to God's right hand where he makes intercession for us. And, and we have to cling to that, cling to his spiritual presence in, in, in our very lives. So he says, so what does Mary do? Now she goes back again. You know, they're beating a new road, a new path between the tomb and, and where the disciples are staying. Everybody's going back and forth. She goes back and, and she announces to them, I have seen the Lord and this is what he said to me. It doesn't say she ran, but I got a feeling she ran, that she has the, the best news that anyone has ever had, and, and she goes to, to tell them. You know, look, look at the reactions and, and, and just think, how do I react to the, to the resurrection? The disciples went back to their house. Mary stayed. She tried to cling to Jesus, and then she goes and, and announces. I mean, it's... It's almost like we could, we could use those things as an illustration of, of the Christian life. Do we just go to our house? Maybe, maybe pondering it, theorizing on it, as, as Peter initially did. Or do we do like Mary and, and we stay, we linger with the Lord and even cling to Him? which is an, an even greater uh, bonding than, than, just, than just staying. But we, we can't forget, we can never forget she went and announced it. 
she, she told the others, this is the greatest thing that had ever happened to Mary. This is better than the seven demons that Jesus cast out of her because now he is risen. He is alive forevermore. It, it's the greatest thing that's happened to us. Do we announce it faithfully to other people? And I don't mean walking up to them with the biggest Bible you have and hitting them in the head. I mean, just does our lifestyle announce it? Do our words announce it? That I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Do, do, do we announce it? The, the, Jesus told her, go and tell. Go and announce this. So it's almost like the first commandment after the resurrection was go and tell. Go, go and tell my disciples. And, and you see this, this, this urgency in the matter. Don't let, them, don't let them go another minute without knowing that nobody stole the body. The stone was rolled back so we could see in that he, he is risen. Do we believe like John did or do we just, has it become too casual that, that we're just blepoing? I know you shouldn't add an ing to the end of a Greek word, but you know, do we just casually look that, that, that we've become so accustomed to it? It's nothing more than a red light. We just, hmm, or do we just theorize like, like Peter or do we truly believe, you know? And, and I think if we truly believe, then we go and tell, then we announce to others. Okay, that's what Dave say, sees. What, what do you see? When you think about the resurrection account, you know, how do you apply the resurrection account to our lives 2,000 years later. Okay, good. What else? Yes. It, it's another one of those proofs that, that apologists say this, you know, this is a proof because in the first century and maybe even in the early 20th century, I mean, just think about it, that, that it, but it, especially in the first century, women were not legal witnesses. They, they couldn't testify in court. But, but Scripture doesn't hold back any, anything. We know the warts and, 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 and flaws and sins of, of King David. And here, if, if, if they were making it up, it's like, well, it'd be Peter and John and, you know, the other disciples, and they would understand immediately. You know, if you were writing your own account of, you know, 
an uninspired account of, of the resurrection. And it's like, well, we knew this was going to happen. We went and just, you know, we weren't surprised. But, but John's like, nobody got it. They didn't understand the scripture. And it was women who went there first, you know, the men, they're going to go fishing here in a little while. I mean, if you read the other accounts. They saw how these two guys had, you know, maybe botched the job. I don't, I don't know. That might be reading too much in between the lines, but. You know, they wanted to do a more thorough job. It seems like it says that they took 75 pounds of spices and then they're going to take more. I mean, that's a lot of spices for one little body. Remember, they don't embalm. They just wanted to, I think it shows how much they loved him that they wanted to take. They just had to do something. Yeah, they had to do something. I think he looked the same, but he's in a resurrected body. One one writer said a more youthful and 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 vigorous body, you know. But even when he appeared to the twelve, uh, eleven, they didn't recognize him until he told them to put their hands in the spear hole, mm-hmm. put their put their finger in the nail holes on his hand before they really knew who he was. I think Mary, I think it's a, a lighting issue and she's preoccupied with the, the empty tomb and she sees this figure behind her, you know, and, and, and says, if you've, if, if, if you've moved him and she turns back, you know, and then he calls her name and she turns. The, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, it says their eyes were blocked from seeing him, from recognizing him, that, that it, you know, that Jesus might travel with them the, the rest of the way when the, when the disciples, they've been out fishing all night and, and they see this figure. It's, it's another early morning thing on the side, you know, on the bank and, and, and they don't know it's Jesus. And he says, you know, cast your nets here. They, they realize then that it's, that it's the Lord. So I don't think the clinging here was that she would... Um, <clears throat> But make his body impure because I don't think that's possible, you know, that he does say this, but it, you know, it's like, what was this resurrection body all about? We'll know. I mean, someday 
every believer will have that resurrected body. I haven't worked out if you'll have hair or not because, you know, hair, hair might just be a, a symbol of the fall. Or maybe it's an illustration of the fall that just falls out. But never mind. Okay. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray and then, then we'll go. Father, we do thank you and praise you for by your power, Jesus was raised on the third day. God, that even now he sits at your right hand, the position of power and authority, and he makes intercession on our behalf. God, just let us cling to you. Let us draw near to you. And as, and as John did, that may we truly believe and then go and, and tell others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.